Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 98 and we're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? Hello. Hello. I'm good. I'm, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very cold. That's what I am. Well, you're in a tank. <laughs> yes, but right now, the but the bottom half of me is in blankets. Okay. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I heard it's going to get cold next week. <gasps> really? Yeah. You mean it's a... not already cold? I know. Um, it's like I heard 40s. A... It's in the 40s when I wake up in the morning. I think it's gonna go to the 30s. I heard. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Excuse me. In California? I heard in the morning. I don't know. In like I could Southern be wrong. California? <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, I, I, you know, I was having a beer share, so I could be wrong. <laughs> but I, I. That did means hear if it like, rains, it'll snow. Oh, that'd be great. I, I remember there was snow some years ago. Like my windshield had snow. It came out of my Compton? memories. Really? Yes. Yes. It came wow. out of my memories. It was very little. It was just like on the windshield yeah, um, yeah. A wiper that it collected it. Um, but that, that it was just for that one, like two hours or something. Well, a and couple of weeks ago when it rained here, it actually hailed here in Torrance. We, oh. I was washing dishes and all of a sudden it got so loud and I could see it out the back window. Wow. So, yep. yes, it's definitely been cold this winter and I've been trying to stick to my running streak or at least getting out and walking some miles if uh, i'm not on a running day and it's been increasingly harder during the winter because it's been so cold in the morning and um i have to like bundle up so much but then once you get moving you get hot and you take it all off but it's just getting out the door has been hard because it's been so cold yeah definitely i feel that so good news guys i'm not dying this is great news. Uh, like so, uh, <laughs> like I believe right after Christmas, before New Year's, I had this horrible chest pain, and whenever I lay down, um, I could feel it, and if I burped, it really hurt my chest. Oh and my gosh! Then moved up to my esophagus, and um, I was like freaking out. I'm like, shit, I must have cancer or something. So, um, so I. I started to go through these whole set of, of I'm sorry, of I know thoughts. that that's scary, but it just makes <laughs> me laugh. Now that you know what it is, but that at some point you thought it yeah. was cancer. <laughs> no, I, I, quite honestly, like uh, I was thinking, I, I was in the shower, I remember clearly, and I was like, oh no, um, I'm going to have to help the girls replace me as co-hosts. <laughs> Oh my god. I know. And then I thought, oh, and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have to make sure that I write detailed um, uh, last rites kind of thing, you know? Like, I, I mean, I went I went there and I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell anyone because I don't want to worry anyone. And I'm all, uh, but I'm all freaking out on my own. So I, I, I gave in and I told my aunt. And then my aunt was like, well, you know, uh, for New Year's, you were outside in the cold at a bonfire, so mm-hmm. in our backyard. And so you were there probably, I'm guessing, till 3 in the morning. So maybe that's why your chest hurts. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Okay, well, then she calmed me down. And eventually, I made it to urgent care. After four hours waiting to get seen, I was seen at wow. my car. 
Well, wow. there was a, an hour wait in line. Uh -huh. Then they took your vitals outside the facility. And then wow. um, then there was, they put your name in and you're like number 38 or whatever. Uh -huh. But because they're coming out to see you in your car, they're having the conversation over the phone, getting all your history and stuff. Uh -huh. And then they come out to your car and do your vitals and examine you. Wow. So all in that your process, car. That is some crazy stuff. Yes, exactly. And I was like, um, during, cause it's, it's a consult over the phone. So I told her it's telemed and I told her, I said, do you think that I should have a chest x-ray? And she said, honestly, um, the chest x-ray wouldn't show anything in your esophagus. Uh, uh -huh. but I believe, uh, so she went over a lot of the stuff and then she started to say, well, do you, do you feel this? Do you feel that? Like, and I was like, yeah, I do. She's like, then it's GERD. It's, uh gastric reflux and and acid she said reflux. Acid, yeah acid reflux sorry mm -hmm. and so uh, a lot of the things make sense because during the holidays I ate a lot of food with a lot of spiciness a lot of salsas uh, really really <laughs> really spicy yeah. salsas L like even the um, tamales had salsa you know like picante and also for New Year's and when um, we had a tequila, so I haven't had hard alcohol in so long oh, that it probably just yeah. aggravated everything. So mm -hmm. now that I know that, I can modify my lifestyle and, and live with this. So, but I was fucking just, I was really scared. I didn't cry, but I was really scared. I yeah. Really... I, can, I can totally empathize with it because the older I get, the more crazy, weird pains I have all over my body and I'm just like okay well I guess this is this is the big one <laughs> <laughs> this is it this is how I yeah, die this is it but yeah like um I woke up oh, I don't it was a while back but I woke up and out of no fucking where I had this pain in my hip and I couldn't even walk the pain was so excruciating and I'd never felt it before. And I, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't, I had actually just taken some time off from running. Um, and it was during the holidays and it was just so bad. I mean, the whole day I was like limping cause it hurt so bad. And I was just like, Eddie, oh, Eddie, it hurts. Why do you think it hurts? Oh my God, I have this pain. And he just looked at me, he's like, yep. Welcome to the age where you have pain for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Oh my god. <laughs> and then he just walked away. <laughs> I, I don't was like, like that. No. <laughs> I don't want to be that age. <laughs> I totally get it though. And you know, I've watched movies where uh, like a character in the movie will say, oh yeah, uh, I thought I was having a heart attack. It turned out it was just acid reflux. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't get it until it happened to me. Yeah. Because uh, like uh, the PA uh, physician assistant was telling me, she's like, uh, what you have will mimic uh, uh, heart attack symptoms. Interesting. So I was Jesus. like, oh shit. Yeah, because no, it was like super horrific. Like even when I bent forward, it hurt. Wow. So, wow. um, yeah, so I was like, damn it, I'm fucking dying. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like, I can't do this now. I don't have time to die. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I'm but, glad yeah. that it is not cancer and that you're not dying and that it's something that's manageable. 
Yes. The trick uh, is to actually do the things and change the lifestyle. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, it's so weird because I just started liking uh, spicy food. So before, when I was younger, my mom wow. always cooked always cooked like a separate dish for my brother and I because we, we never liked spicy. But now as I'm older, I'm loving spicy food. And now I can't have it. Aww. Sadness. Yeah, that is sad. <laughs> I love spicy too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that stuff is so good. What about you, Jen? What's going on with you? I have a new phone. I awesome! Have, I have my old phone after uh, five? Yeah, after five years, finally said, that's it. I give up. You, <laughs> I, you can't use me anymore. Like, you have to get a new phone. And so I did. I mean, if anything, the stimulus did that for me. It uh, gave me a new phone. <laughs> Very nice. I like it a lot. Um, and besides that, it's it's been all right. I mean, I don't I don't leave the house, period. Like yeah. I just don't leave the house. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm cool here. I have I have my video games, I have my new phone, and I have Wi-Fi. That's There you go. That's, that's all, all you I need. need. That's all <laughs> I need. I'm drink, a very drink some woman. water every now and then. Oh yeah, I do have to drink water every now and then. Mhm. Mm that's but besides awesome. that, it's uh, it, it was, it's been good. Uh, happy New Year! <laughs> happy New Super Year! Super late. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Kristen, what time is it? Is it already time? It's I'm so, so excited. Wow. Es la hora de la cervecita. Excellent. La Hora de la Cervecita, brought to you by... <laughs> I'm so excited today to try a beer by a newer company called Crowns and Hops. It's a brewery that is actually um, pretty local to us here in LA. It's in Inglewood, California, and it is um, run by, as Sarah let me know today, a husband and wife team. So, um, and they are um, a black-owned business, and they were, um, they are dedicated to preserving culture, expansion of the palate, and community building through world-class beer. So, um, they basically are talking about how independent craft beer culture has become more than its product and beverage. And that it's proven to create hubs within the community promoting values, ownership, and philanthropy. Their mission is to create spaces that are community-centric with underserved communities of color in mind. Driving diversity, economic growth, and influencing inclusion. So... That was one of the main reasons why I really wanted to um, uh, have one of their beers because when they first were talking about opening and what their mission was and what they really wanted to accomplish, I really wanted to support them. So this was my first opportunity um, to get a can of their IPA or one of their IPAs called Elevated Cipher. And Elevated Cipher is intended to be reflective of a true West Coast IPA. 
floral, bright, and hoppy tongue tingling. This flagship IPA from Crowns and Hops is representative of the style and philosophy of the brand and its promise to deliver world-class beer to the community. So um, they use Citra and Mosaic hops and uh, they say that you'll get notes of tropical fruit um, and floral hops uh, when you open it and smell it. And it should be a bright hop forward and mildly dank flavor. So it's a 6.8% and it is an IPA, Jen's favorite, we know, uh, <laughs> sarcasm dripping, but uh, we haven't had an IPA in a while and I really wanted to be able to try something by this brewery. So I'm going to open it and pour it, it into my glass. Um, so guys, it's an IPA, uh, all right. <laughs> So guys, this uh, just for you guys out there that are single and are you know are going through the uh, matching apps out there, you know, um, uh, this actually Crown and Hop Crowns and Hop started uh, with a Tinder match. <gasps> they matched on Tinder. Yes, seven years wow. ago. That, yeah. Uh, oh my God, Tinder was tin open seven years ago. A that's successful Tinder match. Damn, that's. I feel mind. old. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they met on tinder and then um they found themselves around la and they were realizing that consistently they were the only black people in every tap room they visited wow so um and if you go on their website uh they actually have a uh, a lot of um uh, they have a lot of articles written on them, like from they Forbes, do. I saw Time, that in uh, Time Freaking Magazine. Yeah, uh, Vine mm. Pair and Martha Stewart. So uh, you wow. learn more about the deal. They have a lot of cool stuff. They have a lot of merchandise. Um, they do really well. They their media presence, their social media presence is really amazing. They um, uh, they do a lot of great photo shoots and they record a lot of videos as well. So um, you can find out more about them on their website, crownsandhops.com. So what do you guys think of the beer so far, guys? Okay. I have not had an IPA in quite some time. It's almost like I forgot what it tasted like. <laughs> um, but I really like it. It actually is very fruity to me which i don't necessarily find common in ipas and it they did say it's west coast style which i guess that is what that means but um uh the description did say it was hop forward and i do i do taste the hops but it is not overpowering for me at least and and that's from somebody who actually enjoys that hop flavor and loves mm -hmm. a good hoppy ipa but this tastes sweet to me yes yeah, I, <laughs> but not in the sweet like i wouldn't say like you know dessert sweet but definitely a sweet undertone there mm -hmm. so yeah uh it's definitely floral uh i can taste it um uh it's not the hoppiness is there it's like it it doesn't really linger though uh, it goes away like in time or like if you stop if you stop sipping uh, I'm pretty sure the taste will go away, but I'm tasting more floral than anything mm -hmm. And I think now I kind of understand what my sister means when I get my cherry blossom milk tea And then she's just like Jenny. It tastes like perfume. 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, or anything or my my rose matcha sencha tea, uh, and she's just like all I can taste is the rose, and so I that's I'm getting a lot more of that. I'm getting those um uh, floor those those floral um uh, tones, uh, mm-hmm. and I like it. I'm just personally don't really like IPAs or a lot of hops, right? But it's um. Uh, I can drink this. I love it. Um, I know. The more you talked about the floral um, notes, the more I could taste it. Um, Mm -hmm. I hate perfume, period. And so uh, (laughs) I I hate being able to taste the perfume that people actually wear. Like when Uh people walk by me and I can taste their perfume, I get so annoyed. (laughs) But um, the more you talked about it, the more I could taste it. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, I don't know that I like that. But I still have that uh, Mm fruity-ness of it as well. And um, it's just really, as far as an IPA goes, and I guess maybe this also is a a West Coast IPA, um, uh, like, note, is that it's very light to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As far as, I mean, definitely we've had IPAs that are way more hoppy and it lingers and it just overtakes everything and you can't even taste anything else besides hops. Um, so what about you, Sarah? Um, I agree with all, what you guys are saying. Um, def- definitely very light, uh, very refreshing. I um, I I think I've taken like about four sips and... Before we started pod- the podcast today, I ate a, a quesadilla. And let me tell you, those four sips, I'm already feeling loopy. Like, I can feel it. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is real powerful stuff. So, um, But I really enjoy the heck out of it. Um, it's really refreshing. And there, there's not much of that aftertaste that holds your tongue. It's really just really smooth. And I love that with an IPA of being refreshing because one of the reasons why I stopped drinking IPAs during summertime and I go more towards Pilsners, Lagers, and Wheats is because they can be so overbearing and heavy and not quench, uh, thirst quenching at all. Um, but this one actually is all of those things, um, or is not all of, none of, is none of those things and is definitely refreshing. So um, I think that. I'm ready to rate it if you guys are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Okay, so um, as a reminder to those of you um, who uh, may not know, our rating scale for our beer is a five-point scale with a one out of five being flaccid, two out of five initial, three out of five partial, four out of five full, and a five out of five is a rigid, stand at attention rigid. And <laughs> if it's an amazing, 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 oh my God, we can't live without it. Six out of five, that is Super Saiyan. So Sarah, what do you give crowns and hops elevated cipher? I wonder what that means. Uh, right? Elevated cipher sounds something like like a codex yeah. or one of those Da Vinci, yeah. da Vinci Code uh-huh. stuff. Uh, but it's like, it, I think it's like a really fancy, beautiful name. But anyway, um, I love it. I'm going to go rigid. This, this is something I, 
I wish I would have had yesterday at the beer share, basically. <laughs> like, it, like this is impressive stuff. This is uh, the the name is is fancy, but the the beer itself is impressive. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, so rigid is, for me. This is Kristen. So... I am also going to give it a rigid. Um, I have not uh, had an IPA in quite some time. I'm again coming out of summer and going into the holidays. I was kind of staring away from them. And so this was a nice return to um, that genre of beer. And I would drink the heck out of this no matter what time of year. Um, it's really flavorful. I really enjoy it a lot. And um, I love that it comes from a brewery, um, black owned business, uh, that is giving back to the community. So I am going to give it a five out of five rigid. Okay. So this is Jen. Um, I don't really like it. I don't <laughs> hate it. Uh, I'm going to drink it all. And yeah. It's going to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's not really my go-to. Right. Uh, it wouldn't be the first thing that I grab. The, I do like everything about the company and what it does and what it's trying to do. And I like the label. Uh, I like the can art as well. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Uh, it's very pretty. Uh, and I do like the floral taste of it. Um, uh, but the hoppiness, I think, just really distracts Right. From the floral taste for me, and I couldn't taste any of the fruity that you guys said that you tasted. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So uh, I'm gonna give it a partial. Okay, mm -hmm. three out of five for Jen. Yes. Now I might actually be forced to drink the whole entire can because right now I'm doing like a, a clean eating um, competition, uh, not competition, challenge. And so I've only been drinking like a tiny little bit each week that we do our tasting and giving the rest to Eddie. But Eddie doesn't like IPA, so I might have to take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Kristen. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I have some chisme. I have quite a few, quite a lot of chisme, actually. Uh, the first Ooh. part is uh, Torrance Craft Beer Cellar is closing its doors. Oh, no. Oh, no. You said that the other day, and I had forgotten all oh. about it. I'm so sad yes. about this. And, and honestly, I want to know this. more information. What happened? Like, literally during the pandemic, it's almost as if um, businesses that sell you ways to just forget your problems would be booming <laughs> That's right what now. I thought, too. I was, like, really surprised. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, um, months before that, I saw that the threading, um, there was a threading place right next door, and they closed the stores, like, halfway through the pandemic, uh, halfway through the this last year. And so I think maybe it has to do with like maybe uh, the rent, possibly. Mm. Oh, that makes um, I didn't sense. ask any more yeah. questions. I um, actually because my it was my brother's birthday yesterday. So I wanted to buy a gift card and their machine wasn't working uh, during Christmas. I know. So mm -hmm. I wanted to buy a gift card for Christmas, and it wasn't yeah, working any so either. I asked, uh, "Hey, so is your gift card machine working yet? Because my brother's birthday tomorrow, and I wanted to give him a gift card." And he's like, "Actually, sadly, mm -hmm. we're closing our doors after uh, January's over. So by the end of 
And that's it, so It really soon. is. And uh, I, I've got to be honest with you guys. Right when he told me that, I'm like, no. And I had received news earlier that day um, uh, that was really sad. And so I was in an emotional state. So when he said that they were closing their doors, I, I kind of like, I, it kind of really hurt me. So I kind of started crying a little bit. And it, because Aww. it was just like this whole Aww. thing that like I just felt like they were there for me and now they're gonna be leaving and I, I wanted some yeah. sort of normality in my life and at that point I was just really emotional so I kind of like I kind of broke down a little bit and I'm like I'm so sorry like I just I I really love it here you know and Mm-hmm. And there's Sarah being all <laughs> sentimental, and and she tells me, and I'm like, is there sale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, the, but you know, because the, he said that, like, I chose a lot of different, um, like, of their um, uh, uh, overseas stuff that they have on the shelves, and and I discovered yeah. some really great oh. gems. So, in in the upcoming. Oh, nice. Upcoming nice. episodes, I'm going to be sharing. We're going to be reviewing some of that, so that's pretty interesting too. But yes, uh, that is some of my cheese some sad cheese But uh, uh, we really appreciate all the wonderful memories we created thanks to them with uh, this beer. What are the cervecita? I used to go on Fridays for their free free tastings, and obviously they haven't had those since March. But it was such a a very small, uh, you know, little. Uh, intimate setup and you would go and you would taste and you would talk with the brewer representative and then they would recommend stuff to you it was fun and um, I really am going to miss doing that I'm hoping uh, I'm going to try to get some intel you need to too because maybe they're just going to like wait till everything blows over and reopen I don't know uh, their shelves are pretty uh, pretty empty too so Yes. Uh, already? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like uh, a lot of the stuff that's on the shelves in the middle of the stores. Uh, uh, and I and I know a lot of it has to do with not uh, placing orders on new stuff. So, right. uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, when I go again, he, um, I'm definitely, I, I told him, I said, uh, I'm leaving now, but I'm coming back before you guys close. So uh, I'll get more intel then when I'm not as emotional. Okay. And, uh, and broken, yeah. but yeah. that's that's part. Pretty <laughs> much, it really. Oh God, it really just shook me so hard that I couldn't hold back. Like I just kind of started crying. Which he must have been like, "Okay, we're just a beer store." <laughs> but yeah, no, it just it was so constant for me, and it was like a, a little refuge, you know. Like I would walk around the aisles and just look at all the beer can art and read yeah. about the breweries and read about the types of inspiration behind that particular brew i mean because all of that stuff is available on the can that information so uh it was sort of like my little a beer library sort of <laughs> it just kind of but yeah that's <laughs> some sad news right there um i also have uh chisme on um i don't know if you guys you guys remember ray uh, Fisher from the Justice League, he plays Cyborg, and apparently they're saying that uh, that he has he is no longer going to be playing Cyborg, but he himself states that he hasn't given up the role of Cyborg. Um, there's there was uh, some stuff happening because he um, had um, expressed that uh, there was a toxic. Um, there was a toxic uh, situation on set with Josh Whedon and also Jeff Johns. Oh, yeah. And 
I remember wow. yeah and that. so they're they're trying to do the investigation with the third party um but uh I I believe he feels that it's not um um it's not being done properly and as of right now they haven't written him into the flash movie so uh, a lot of people are speculating that he has been uh he's no longer going to be a uh, cyborg in the justice league movies or the dc movies um so there's that drama i'm not sure uh, he's definitely as of right now been written off of the flash movie um Wow. Well, honestly, I'm so I get so annoyed every time I think about it. Um that they use different actors for the TV shows and the movies. It's so confusing. Yes. No, I, I agree. <laughs> and I, I and I actually love the person who plays Barry Allen on the TV show. Like that TV show brought so much life to that character. Absolutely, I agree. I completely agree. But uh, so we'll have to see what uh, what entails, what happens there, and what's going on with that franchise. But um, as of right now, that is the chisme. Um, I also have a, a little tidbit of chisme that I actually was discussing during the beer share with my brother. Um, uh, you okay? This is a bit of a spoiler. Do you guys all remember? Did you guys all watch Wonder Woman eighty <laughs> four? You're like yes. Yeah, yes. Well, um, <laughs> did you guys know that it, uh, the Dreamstone is actually something that exists in the DC Universe already? I, I didn't know that until I started reading articles about the So movie. it turns out the Dreamstone is a stone that Morpheus Sandman created that was stolen from him when he got captured by that mage and then went on to... Uh, be possessed by Dr. Destiny because his mom used to work for the mage that imprisoned a dream and she stole the dreamstone mm -hmm. from him and gave it to her son who became Dr. Destiny and he used the dreamstone to battle the Justice League uh, at one time or another and this would have worked perfectly well in maybe intertwining universes within the DC fandom fandom you know yeah but they went with mm -hmm. the um the gods route so some kind of god uh would have been the one that created the the dreamstone even though in the dc universe dream had created the dreamstone and it would have correlated with the timeline because it was during the 80s that dream had i think finally been released or uh, uh finally um Mm -hmm. uh, broke out of being captured and he was on his quest mm -hmm. to retrieve the the dreamstone find, it, it yeah. would have worked well because wonder woman was placed in 1984 but they didn't think that far ahead so that's kind of sad and also when they mentioned that it was uh responsible for the death of civilizations around the world and, and at a given point in time that wouldn't ha that wouldn't have correlated well because that would have been in dreams possession during that time so um mm -hmm. I i'm really sad that they went a different route on this with the dreamstone because it would have really uh, opened up the dc universe a whole in a whole bigger panoramic view and it would have i think it would have um it would have been beneficial but so that's a that's a little bit of cheese me i feel like jeff johns is becoming the m night Shyamalan <laughs> of the dc universe <laughs> Oh and like God. everyone is like he should know he's like mr dc or whatever the fuck i don't know but like the mm -hmm. fact that he had his hand in this 
Um, and everyone is blaming uh, uh, Patty Jenkins for the writing. I think it's all squarely on his yeah, shoulders. Yeah, you know, people have said that, okay, uh, she's not a very good screenwriter, but she didn't do it alone. She did it with Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns no, is she uh, didn't. supposedly like super mega um, comic book person that sh- that should have known better, should yeah. have mm-hmm. guided the pen somehow. Like, um, So yeah, you're right. It's squarely on his responsibility for sure. But wow, that's... I can't believe they missed that opportunity. And I'm and I'm more mad because it's one of my favorite characters in the whole DC universe. So um, that would have been freaking awesome. But yes. I feel like, I mean, this is a whole conversation in and of itself. But I feel like Wonder Woman gets um, put over a barrel over time and time again, over and over mm-hmm. with the way that people treat her character. And I just... I was I was really super excited for this movie and the fact that I came away from it being so just like confused and annoyed and upset <laughs> <laughs> at everything, especially given um, how amazing yeah. the first one was. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. I don't think I don't think we should have we should held up uh, that that Wonder Woman to that level. But also, I think it's okay that they've made a terrible Wonder Woman movie. And that they greenlit a third one. Because that means, hey, we're finally getting there. Like, there's a shit ton of shitty uh, guy uh, superhero movies. The entire early 2000s is a montage of shitty superhero movies. I mean, come on, how many times did did they Uh, do... Uh, X-Men over and over and over. <laughs> and like, you know, so yes, uh-huh. I completely agree with you, Jen. And I was going to mention that. Like, okay, we had one shitty female uh, female superhero movie. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. You white male have had like 200 bad shitty movies and you're still making them and you're still churning them out. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm okay with Wonder Woman having a shitty movie uh i don't particularly care for it um uh, like and i haven't tried to watch it uh i probably should just to see for myself because i lord knows i love shitty but so shitty they're good movies (laughs) and and enjoy them which seems to be the case here for sarah at least in my in my mind um uh like we're 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 all allowed to eat trash is what I'm saying. <laughs> this, is just, this is just somebody else's trash. Uh, <laughs> Sarah and, uh, has a unique ability to be able to see the positive in everything. And mm. I actually admire that a lot. Um, and I think that um, I not only held it up to... Um, to the first movie, but also to the revered... George Lopez run that I Mm -hmm. read, which I felt like I kind of got a little bit of from the first movie, you know? And so I wanted Uh it to be more of the same. Especially since it takes place in the 80s, you know? That's George Perez's time. That was, he went, all right, baby, let's go with Vietnam War references and all this other stuff. Like, it could have, like, I guess that's where I can see the frustration coming from, is that it could have, we could have had this super extra, like, 80s glitzy George Perez style 
uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. We didn't get that. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, I'm just uh, like, all right, uh, maybe Wonder Woman 3 will be better. Who knows? But Well, we're... I can only hope. And yes, I am also mm-hmm. grateful that, uh, or I don't know, grateful is the right word, but Mm-hmm. happy that um a third did get greenlit and that we're going to move forward with it so i'm mm-hmm. i'm happy about that as well so i mean um i this is coming from somebody who um just this last christmas time i'm looking at my christmas tree and i'm like there are no freaking female superheroes on our tree my entire tree is nerd comic book world and there's no female superheroes so i this year i added a uh, because it was the only one i could find a black widow and then when i went to check out (laughs) the the girl is like would you like your kim possible wrapped up in paper are you serious i'm like i'm like what and she's like you're kim possible and she held up the little uh, <laughs> <laughs> little black widow ornament and i'm like that's not kim possible. <laughs> oh sadness um but, but anyway oh that's all God. to say is that i've already ordered a spider gwen and a spider woman ornament for next year they're coming in the mail and nice. um i just want to advocate for more female superheroes in the mainstream media i know that that's wonder woman's place since the 70s because that you know coming out with the cartoon that's the only one that people know but i want more so i'm definitely uh happy that the third yeah uh spider woman animated oh movie. yeah and like we uh we that's just reviewed I aranya i mean and that's something that's happening with sony so totally excited yeah uh, you know what i'm with you let's make our own you know, superhero female ornaments. Let's do that. Let's make that happen. Uh, so, um, Kristen, you had some cheese as well. Yes. So there had been legit cheese about this for a long time, but it's finally come out that it is official that Oscar Isaac is going to take on the title role of Moon Knight, the new Disney Plus uh, Marvel series on Disney Plus. So I'm still here waiting for my WandaVision. Like, is it? It's, I think it's coming out yes, soon. Yes, January 14th or 15th, it, something like that. Yes. So within the week, um, we've all been waiting so long for all of these series to drop on Disney Plus and just more and more awesome news uh, about more properties that they're going to be introducing. And I'm so excited. And um, I know that they have to compete with HBO Max and all of their DC properties that are coming out left and right over there. But um, sorry, Wonder Woman 84 was not a a strong start for me. So I I will hold out for my Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, uh, HBO Max who? <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, they, they announced a lot of cool stuff, and yeah, but has it been in production? No, I don't think so. So, right now, it's all about Disney Plus. Right now, mm-hmm. we're waiting for WandaVision uh, to come out in, uh, uh, mid January. So, I mean, it's what five days away, maybe five, six days away. Mm-hmm. So, that mm-hmm. that's gonna be uh, that's probably gonna be on our Cheeseman next, next episode. Uh, really, really excited about this. Yes, me too. I'm just imagining Oscar Isaac in the Moon Knight Ooh. outfit, and it's oh my gosh. Maybe I've had a 
I love Maybe I, I had a little bit crazy. too much of this beer, but I am imagining that too. <laughs> All right, guys, it's now time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, girls? Ooh. I had so much stuff written down of all the things that we we're covering. I didn't write down our book review. <laughs> I was all ready to give you my on my radar. <laughs> I was like, "What? We're reviewing a book?" <laughs> so today we are reviewing *Legends of Famora* by Mardell and Pat Natupski, another husband and wife creative team. It's a theme today. But um, this is an all-ages book published by Goat's Head Studios. And we actually were able to interview Mardell um, a few months back. You can watch that interview on our Las Platicas um, uh, channel, YouTube channel, Comasi Comics YouTube channel, where we talk um, about, where we talk to uh, creators about their books and their projects. And she was on when we, uh, when they had their Kickstarter going for this book. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's kind of so amazing that we were helping her to get the word out there and that today we all have a copy of it in our hand. So. Yes. That is so yes. cool. So um, the description of the book on the back says, This girl fights monsters. Famora is a land beset by beasts. When the Ursic, no, Urisk, a legendary monster, attacks her father, Babe sets out on a quest to hunt it down. Joined by her best friend, Angus, she quickly learns why only the mightiest hunters venture out into the wilderness. While on their journey, Babe and Angus find a new friend in Tegan. Together, these three uncover connections between the Urisk and a magic as ancient as Famora herself. Join Babe and her friends on an adventure filled with magic, monsters, and feelings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, isn't it great to come full circle like... We interviewed it while interviewed her while the Kickstarter was live, and then having it become a successful Kickstarter, reaching their goal, and then now having yes. the book in our hands. And that's so being amazing. open to being able to open it to the back page and seeing under the thank you page, Commodity Comics Podcast. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and Heidi Ho yeah, Comics we, as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool yeah it, it's um you know i know you can read it online for free but having the book in your hand it's it and uh kristen you can tell us more about that because you read the whole thing online but then you got the book and you said it was like yes a i mean experience. i'm old school when it comes to reading and i've read multiple pdf forms of comics that are sent to us for review and that was how this one originally came to us and i read it and i loved it but there is nothing like being able to see especially with a comic the paneling laid out the way that the artist intended it to be and mm -hmm. it was just such a better experience i mean i loved it already as it was but um 
there were so many things that I was like, oh, I don't remember that. Um, just the flow was better for me. Um, the coloring was better for me. It was just uh, all around a better experience. And uh, yes, you can read it for free online, but if you get the opportunity, definitely buy the book. I just, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm old and I'm like, get off my lawn, but like... <laughs> Like technology sucks, but no, like I, I loved reading it, um, in an actual book I could hold in my hand. Mm -hmm. No, and you're absolutely right because, uh, there's a part in the book in the, in the back where it mm -hmm. has a map of Femora. And so you could even like be reading it and then go back to the back and see where yeah. the, they're going on their journey. Like, cause it's sort of like a, a bit of a yes. Lord of the Rings kind of traveling mm -hmm. mission. So it, having a map of Femora and then flipping back and forth while you're reading the story and their journey, you could see, you know, where, where they come from, where they're going and what path they're taking. It's like, it's super cool. And you see other stuff that is in Femora that they still have yet to explore. But um, I, I found that to be yeah. like super cool. Um, I didn't like, flip really back nice. and forth because I didn't see it until I actually reached the end of the book. Um, but I, I loved that. And I don't remember that this was part of the online PDF that she um, sent us. But the lore of um, Ironbark, which is the shield that Babe has and also um the the big lockwood tree and all that stuff it was just it's just more little awesome tidbits um to add to the world and the way that this book ends obviously there's another uh journey to go on and so that kind of made me excited about the fact that um mm -hmm potentially there is going to be more set in this world um, and with these characters. So I'm super excited about that. Well, how it ended, I sure damn well hope there's going to be more. Because I want to know more. I I really, really enjoyed the book. It's, it's an all-ages title and it reads uh, kind of in that uh, simplified format. But it's in no way like like super baby down it's still an adventure book and mm -hmm. it's still something all ages can enjoy and i like me a good fantasy series and this has the potential of being a great fantasy series like i really like what i read i like the groundwork that they've put out because that's what a, this book has a lot of it's just it's laying down the groundwork for like an epic fantasy adventure yes that has a lot of potentials to cut off into many different directions and take many different uh forms but um, I I really lo love the interaction between the characters, mm -hmm. and most of the characters are kids. Um, yeah. uh, and yes. it's it's funny to see how uh, how they take on adventuring and how they kind of like like oh like this is dangerous yeah. kind of thing, and the realization that they're like they're in danger, but they have to keep persevering mm -hmm. and, and going. Uh, and going through like their quest that uh, that they um, uh, said that they were gonna do, but I I really enjoyed it, um, um, and I really enjoyed opening like going to the back and then seeing the thank you page and then being like Comadre C Comics podcast. So yeah. I was just like, nice. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I completely agree. I um, we, we were like, what should we review? And I'm like. 
let's do Legends of Amora. And they were like, well, we already read it. I'm like, yeah, but we got the book now. And we yeah. actually never really reviewed the book. Mm -hmm. We just did the interview. And um, it was just, I love the artwork because the expression on the characters when they're talking and having conversations. And <laughs> you and you see, like, the reaction sometimes that Bane has. <laughs> it's super cute. Oh, my God. I love the fact that the yeah. mom was a warrior. Mm -hmm. and, and then she herself wants to become a warrior as well. And... Um, uh, the fact that this this uh, bad entity is responsible for her, for her parents' death was just like oh my god we are going mm -hmm. on an epic adventure with this it, it just it's so it's so well written and all of the characters are endearing it just uh, and like you said it is for all ages but in no, in it in no way talks down mm -hmm. to the audience it doesn't oversimplify anything it's just really basic and very detail oriented on on the actual um fantasy world and land that this takes place it's really amazing i really loved it i i i i loved even there there are some paneling when there's actually no dialogue but the art itself propels the story so mm -hmm. well i i really loved it i um i I hope that they have the rest <laughs> of it already ready because I I just want to read it. I want to I want to find out what's going on. Win. Yes, <laughs> for me, one of the things that really <laughs> endears me to all books, regardless if they're all ages or teen plus or mature or whatever, is their ability to utilize sense of humor and humor within the characters' um, dialogue and just in their personality, the way that they act and the things that they do and stuff. And I felt like that was actually like there was like little snippets of things like Babe uh, and and Angus too. They play off each other so well, um, and they're best yeah. friends. And oh, it's just it's so great. And then there's also like little like little like things like every time Babe tells Angus, uh, "Bear your shield," and he's like, "What?" <laughs> Like, I don't have a shield. I'm just like a... Uh, I'm, I'm a druid. I'm a druid. <laughs> but she says it multiple times, and it's funny every time the way he reacts. And I just love those kinds of, like, little ongoing um, jokes throughout the book. And there's a whole bunch of them. And I just... And, and you see the... I mean, at the end of the description, it says it's filled with magic, monsters, and feelings. And there is no, um, like shortage of that like you see the the actual way that the things that these kids are doing are affecting them and you know they're being emotional and babe is crying when like stuff is happening and and angus is getting emotional and i really um i really enjoyed um that they were able to incorporate that into the storyline as well because yeah i mean in in part of the story there's a village where all of the adults every single adult was killed by this this evil yes. entity and the uh the one that yeah the urisk Ur Ur that uh babe is actually chasing um and like that's a big freaking deal um but mm -hmm. to actually yes <clears throat> have the story portray not only that yeah they were traumatized by this but also they are finding a way to survive um mm -hmm. yes, I, I just yes, really definitely. the writing is just 
um, amazing. Um, I really like it uh, a lot. And when we talked to Mardell about it, that was one of the things that she said was one of the, her little um, notes of uh, to other writers. If you're going to write a, a young adult or an all ages book, don't talk down to your audience. And I, f- mm-hmm. I definitely felt like this book was written for me. And that's one of the misconceptions I think that people get from all ages um, categories. All ages does not mean that it is specifically for little kids. It means that it actually encompasses all of the properties it would take to entertain people of all ages. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But they, you know, uh, I don't know how they work together as a uh, husband and wife, but they obviously are doing such an amazing job like both artwork and the written words on on this comic book just 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 uh flow so incredibly well like um and it's got to be hard i mean like you're working on something together and then you have to go home and see <laughs> too i mean not not i mean it's it's sort of like well we're all in coronavirus uh uh kind of uh uh social distancing but um, it's got to be difficult. I mean, how do you gently tell your husband, like, this is not working out in th- these pages? Or how does he tell her, like, this isn't working out in these pages? Like, but they, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I commend them for um, producing such an amazing comic. Like, it's so good. And the other kids that we are introduced to in the story, they're they're kids of color as well. So, like, there's no shortage of representation Mm -hmm. on on this comic Mm -hmm. book either so i'm like i i love it i i don't want to talk too much about the the story because you actually (laughs) can purchase your very own copy yes at heidi ho comics Uh, oh and it's it's so great i've been recommending it to everybody (laughs) (laughs) so um do we have anything more to say about the comic book? I know we didn't really talk about the story very much, but I know that uh, we don't want to give too much away because um, it's really something you should read for yourself, and it's wonderful. It really transports you. Um, these kids are out there on a mission, uh, or what? What is it? A, I wouldn't. I would say a task. A quest. A mission. What? What? What, what yeah. do they call it? A quest. <laughs> yes, a quest, and it's just it's a. Uh, Definitely leaves you at a cliffhanger, but it's so good. I, I highly recommend you pick this up. Uh, are, do you guys want to say anything uh, else about the I want to mention that um, if you're thinking about getting it for, you know, somebody in your life or even for yourself or whatever, um, specifically for um, youth, there are a lot of themes of um, basically coming of age and self-discovery and working through um, fear to basically reach the goals that you've set for yourself and also um, learning or dealing with the fact that you might not be able to and how to like divert yourself to um, a different path so I mean there there's I mean it's a really on the on the base level it's a really fun story about Babe who goes on a quest to basically destroy the creature that killed her parents um, and in the and on the way you know drags her best friend along and meets some other um, interesting characters um, but 
on the underlying, it is a book of self-discovery and um, really survival. Um, and I just, I can't recommend it enough. Completely agree. And uh, just uh, the level of writing and art on this is just so good that um, you kind of forget that it's all ages because it really just, it really is so entertaining and it, it you can mirror some of the emotions with it uh, as an adult that I just found it so appealing and um, just, just love the book, mm -hmm. honestly, <laughs> just really loved it. Um, Jed, do you have anything else? No, I else think you all covered for it. It's a good fantasy book. Uh, great for all ages. Uh, if you like Lord of the Rings or Narnia, or if your kids like any of those, I think they'll they will like this as well. Um, I am ready to rate the book. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So go go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna Jen, give it uh, two conchas because I really want see where else it takes us and this is very much a uh, kind of like laying down the groundwork laying down what like where Fomora is who the kids are and stuff like that it's very introductory uh for it so i expect a lot more uh as well in the upcoming issues but i really did enjoy it a lot and i really did like it so two conchas and a cup of champurrado <laughs> mm-hmm Oh, nice. That's a, that's, yeah. hey, that's first on our show, that two coaches and, and one cup of champorado. So take note, guys. What, so what about I you, Kristen? I am Kristen? going to give it the three conchas. I love this book. This is the second time I've read it, and it was almost a completely new experience for me, reading it in um, in hand as opposed to on my computer screen. Um, it, I remember loving it the first time, but um, there were just so many more intricacies in the book that I was able to pick up on. Um, being able to look at it in the layout that it was intended. So I'm giving it three conchas and a cup of champurrado. Yes, I remember you saying about this uh, this comic book when you read it online uh, uh, in a PDF format that uh, you actually stayed yeah. up until like <laughs> one o'clock reading it because uh -huh. you needed to know what happened. And that just, uh, that in itself was like, for, uh, propel me to actually want to read this book and um, and that's why I actually contributed to the Kickstarter but I as well mirror your uh, review of Tres Coches and a Cup of Champurado because I really love it. I can't wait to see what else happens. I am endeared by all the characters in this comic so um, if you guys are interested in buying your very own copy I suggest you make yourself uh, over to Santa Monica at Heidi Ho Comics. They have plenty of those uh, available or you can check out their website. I believe it's goatsheadstudios.com. Uh, so that has been our comic book review. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. And Kristen, what is on your radar? So On My Radar is a book by Aftershock um, Publishing Company 
called Maniac of New York and it comes out in February. And now that I'm doing the uh, initial orders and FOC for our store, I'm getting a lot of the books that are coming out uh, in the near future and uh, a little bit more earlier than what I would have been in the past. And so now I have a whole slew of titles that I'm really excited to um, to see come out. And this one sounds super interesting. Um, Maniac of New York, um, it, like I said, uh, is coming out by Aftershock in February. And um, their little snippet says, New York can be dangerous at the best of times. Um, but Maniac of New York reaches a new height. Not that New Yorkers in question seem that bothered, all things considered. This series... Um, uh, is basically a, a, a horror story about how crisis situations become our new normal, which the, the writer Elliot Kalan says. And um, it is a slasher movie style, unstoppable killer that is marauding mm -hmm. through New York City. And since nobody knows how to solve the problem, everyone in power, which I'm guessing is like government and cops and all that kind of stuff, they basically just give up and decide to just live with New Yorkers occasionally being hacked to death by an axe-wielding maniac. <laughs> so this wow. series will look at how life changes and also maybe doesn't change in the city from different angles, starting in their first arc with a story about an idealistic mayoral aide, a jaded police detective, and a very bad day for commuters on the subway. So... The original inspiration for the book actually came from the writer's disappointment with Friday the 13th Part 8, which was Jason <laughs> Takes Manhattan. <laughs> uh, he says he was, he was promised a citywide metropolitan bud bath and was only delivered a couple of shots of Jason walking through Times Square in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> so this is his answer to that. Uh, so um, I'm looking forward to this. It says uh, Maniac of New York is a far cry from uh, from his award-winning work on The Daily Show. Apparently he was a writer on The Daily Show. Um, and also Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, wow. Yeah, so those are some big, uh, some, some big accolades for, for this writer. So, um, I, and it seemed Aftershock has a lot of TV writers that they um, utilize actually to write their comics. So um, it, he says, Kalan, the writer says that this is really a series um, that is a labor of love for him and he's been wanting to tell this story for a really long time. So um, like I said, it's scheduled to launch February 2021 with issue number one, Maniac of New York. You can get that on your pull list at your comic book. Uh, your local comic shop, um, let them know you're interested uh, because they are ordering, um, I think, very soon. So, well, FOC, I think, maybe have already gone out. So, either way, let them know. They need to know that you're interested so that they can uh, make sure that you get your copy. So, um, that is what is on my radar. That's amazing. That you know, inspiration can strike from anywhere. So, I love that. <laughs> the, 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 uh, uh, 
the birth of this story comes from a movie that was disappointing. I love it. <laughs> well, I actually have an On My Radar as well. On My Radar is Cobra Kai Season 3 is streaming now on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> and I don't want to give too much away, but there is a trip to Okinawa. Yes, In there is. this third oh, nice. season. So I'm... Um, I've already binged the heck out of it. Me too. Um, I, I watched it in Spanish, <laughs> but now I'm going to watch it again in English because, uh, you know, like I, I, I watched it with my husband, so we watched it in Spanish, but I'm very excited to watch it in English. But I really like the direction the story is going. Um, I totally hope there's a bit more representation. I'm really saddened that the only uh, uh, student, black female student, uh, is no longer on the show. I know. Do we know the story around that? I don't know what the story, what the chisme is behind that, but I do know that they mentioned it in the series where yes. they said, oh, uh, the parents of such and such, uh, um, uh, of her best friend were so uh, just um, up in arms about the whole fight in the school that uh, they, they actually sold their house and moved away. Yeah. That was mm -hmm. the only mention about her. Yeah. And, um, I want to see more female uh, karate students, but I, I definitely miss her a lot. So I'm going to look a little digging and see what happened. Maybe her contract wasn't renewed, but she was a she was one of my favorite yeah, characters mine too. in the series. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, I'm very disappointed of that, but I did love uh, season three. And there's a, there's an a actress that comes in that uh, we, we were all hoping would make a comeback. So I'm excited <laughs> for you guys to watch Cobra Kai Season 3. All right, guys. It's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen. So... Juntos y Fuertes. What for those you of for you us? who may not know, Commodity Comics is part of a podcast network called Period Network, which is a uh, network of podcasts all... Uh, women-led uh, uh, podcasts, and one of the ones that um, I want to talk about today on Juntos y Fuertes is Tinseltown Tea Podcast, which is a sister podcast on Period Network with us, and it is very similar to what we do. We highlight the women and Latinx um, presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans, and they are two black women writers giving do's, don'ts, and hell nahs of Tinseltown. So they are basically trying to open the door for more people of color and black creators in the entertainment industry of Hollywood. So, um, and they are both uh, writers. And so um, I'm assuming they have a ton of stories to be able to tell based on the experiences that they've gone through. And so um, I think that uh, it's pretty cool that they are, I mean, basically, there's a lot of talk about um, if you are already based, doing the work that you should not let the door close behind you. You should leave it open for others to uh, follow behind. And it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing. So um, if you are interested at all um, about hearing about um, black writers in the entertainment industry and probably get all kinds of um, uh, experience talk and um, little tidbits that you might want to know regardless 
of where you are in the industry, it's probably a super um, cool for you to be able to learn that stuff from Tinseltown Tea Podcast. And you can find them on the Period Network with us. Um, and then they also have an Instagram, Tinseltown Tea. And um, I'm sure you could just Google and find out wherever they are on social media. Honestly, same. That is super awesome. I can't wait to hear the podcast. I, um, I'm, uh, I am doing a little like list of uh, podcasts that, um, I ha- that are on the must hear list. So I'm very excited about that. Thank you so much for bringing that to the Juntos y, Fu- Fu- uh, Juntos y Fuertes um, um, segment. All right, t- it's time for En la Libreria. And Jen, what do you have to share for In La Libreria today? In La Libreria today is Queer Core, How to Punk a Revolution in Oral History. Nice. This is the first book of the movement that defied both the music underground and the LGBT mainstream community. It is currently on Kickstarter and it is going to be published by PM Pressed. And it's actually already hit its goal of 80,000. Holy cow! uh, uh, Sorry, 8,000, not 80,000. <laughs> that changes everything. No, I mean eight thousand is still a lot. Um, no, yeah, I know, but eighty thousand. I was like, oh I my miss, god, my heart I was just spoke. Um, uh, <laughs> but eight thousand two hundred sixty-three of the pledge goal of eight thousand, with two hundred and seven backers and eighteen days to go. Uh, it is. Uh, it's kind of it's the very first comprehensive overview of the of the punk movement, and how it affected uh, the LGBT mainstream community, uh, also known as Queercore. It began as a documentary film, and now it's in a book with expanded material and in-depth interviews, never-before-seen photographs, reprinted zines, tons of images, and more. Wow. So, it it was, apparently it was originally a film. Uh, it, it wasn't one that I knew about, but I'm really, really interested in it. And it is... Uh, it has different backings, but for ten dollars you can get the ebook, and for twenty dollars you can get the book and the ebook. So those are kind of the base pledges. But like, um, um, if you want to donate a little bit more, they have different tiers and different rewards. Plus, they also have um, uh, uh like different tiers where you can get the the entirety of PM Press's um uh, published works. Oh, but, nice. I am uh, really, really interested on in it because like. I, uh, the history of punk is really interesting to me, and I personally do like punk music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but and you mix that with like uh, a lot of L- people, at least people that I know who are LGBT are also very into punk. Mm-hmm. So they've always been kind of related to me. So I, I would like to see what this book has uh, has to say and how it all intertwines and how it all started as well. And even even their. Even the like their their the video their campaign video is so cool because you have you see pictures of like punk musicians of drag queens there's a there's a photo of Ronald Reagan and the thumbs down <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 real good it looks it looks real cool so uh, on Kickstarter queer core excellent I love it I love it it reminds me a little bit of that. Um, documentary on um spanish rock uh called uh rompan todo which Mm -hmm. i there's actually a uh spotify um playlist um, 
playlist oh, nice. for Todo. So, but Very I can't cool. wait. I mean, uh, God, I, I love, I, I love anything uh, related to music because you can see like, uh, you can find out what the inspiration was behind it and what you know what revolution they were trying to fight at the time. It's so amazing. Thank you so much for that, Jen. All right, guys, it's now time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to Jules Rivera, guys. Jules Rivera is releasing uh, a uh, comic book that she illustrated called 200. She uh, co-wrote with Jennifer Brody. And you can actually pre-order this comic book. It's a it's a trade paperback, so you get, like, the whole story in one. Uh, you can either order it on Turner Bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, indie bound or for an ebook you order it on nook nook and -O -O okay nook nook um nook like yeah not nuclear weapons just nuke <laughs> so um no. anyway this uh comic <laughs> no. will be available in february but you can pre-order now and the cool thing is uh if you go to facebook and you follow jules rivera that's j-u-l-e-s rivera is R-I-V-E-R-A. Um, one of her posts says, uh, did you know that you can earn a bunch of cool freebies by pre-ordering the book 200? You uh, click on the link and uh, all you have to do is upload a proof of purchase uh, picture that emails um, Turner Books and then you are eligible to get freebies from the pre-order purchase. So that's exciting uh that's really really exciting and um just uh, also i want to mention that oh, cool. uh just listen nice. in because we're gonna be reviewing that book pretty soon so uh we're very excited to bring that to you and so saludos goes out to jules rivera on her pre-ordering a release of 200 That's pretty awesome. Um, mm -hmm. I actually have a saludos too that I didn't think about until we had already started and I want to make sure that I had the opportunity to, um, to saludar Jamie Sullivan who is an independent creator. Uh, he has worked at, um, well not worked at, but he has participated in our free comic book day at Heidi Hill Comics for the past couple of years. And unfortunately, his entire family has come down with COVID. And he oh, no. is a type two diabetic, um, severely affected by diabetes. And he has been um, out of commission for the last couple of weeks and he is an artist he's a creator who a hundred percent makes a living creating and drawing um, and he's been affected by his diabetes so much that he's going blind but he still freaking sits in front of his table and he draws and he's amazing his work mm -hmm. is so detailed and so amazing and so I wanted to um, to give him a saludos and to encourage people to check out his website which is uh, J-S-I-A-N-D d-e-s-i-g-n dot com so um, that's Jamie Sullivan illustration and design um, and um, it is uh, just an amazing way to be able to support people in the comic book community who for the most part um, 
uh, are independent, uh, they're independently employed, they might not have great uh, insurance, um, and when something like COVID hits the entire family, it is devastating. So um, check out his artwork, um, buy his prints, uh, do anything that you can, um, and just uh, support if you can, and even if you just share his stuff online, uh, that would go a long way. Uh, again, it's Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, illustration and design, and his website is J-S-I-A-N-D, D-E-S-I-G-N. So I'm guessing that's J-S-I and uh, design. Yes, it shows here so, that he worked um, on um, Saludos uh, to him G. and his family Joe? and a speedy recovery. The real... Yes, and also Gem and the Holograms. So that, oh yes, my God, he's a big G.I. Joe cover artist. So saludos goes out to him. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Kristen. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can find us on Instagram at Comadres y Comics and on Facebook at Comic Comadres. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can DM us as well. Yes, you can email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we do Las Platicas, as you guys know, and that's uh, just Google, um, just go on the search bar in the uh, YouTube app and search Comadres y Comics. Um, also, we have a special contest going on. Kristen, can you tell us more about that? Yes, time is running out, people. You need to go and rate and comment and like and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or on uh, YouTube and, so that you can be entered into the contest to win your very own copy of um, the bilingual edition of uh, Quince, which is a book about Lupe who on her quinceanera day discovers that she has superpowers and the book is amazing and the bilingual edition is both in English and Spanish and separated by awesome um, extra content uh, and it's signed by the creators and you cannot live without this. So go <laughs> and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, and also uh, like and review and subscribe on YouTube. We definitely um, will put your name into the uh, drawing and you're going to want to win this book. Absolutely. And please remember uh, you have to log into your uh, iTunes account to be able to rate and review our podcast. Um, also, uh, you can just do it on um, the YouTube channel, which is really simple. You, if you're signed in, you could just rate and review and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate you. Please stay safe out there. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.